0: Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Tail Boat Hunters podcast. Um, this will be episode 28. 28. 28. Um, so, your host, Devin Patterson, along with other hosts, Chase Cole. Chase's third. Uh, yeah. Tippo skirted out of here. Um, Kids. So, some people just don't have their priorities straight and they think their family comes before the podcasting, but not us.
1: <laughs> just partially true for what we think
0: well i mean honestly that's uh, we talk a lot of funny shit but it's a reason why clint kind of had to fall off he just doesn't have the lifestyle to really i don't think he, none of us really realize but um yeah we didn't just didn't realize the sacrifices that time sacrifices that have to be made to, to do mm-hmm. podcasting i mean it's yeah. it's quite a bit i mean you think you record an hour podcast well that's for you and him, that's a 40-minute drive.
1: Yeah.
0: We sit here and talk for a while, and then we do our podcast, and then we sit and talk for a little bit longer. And then, so you're looking upwards of three, three four hours by the time, depending on how long our podcast goes. So,
1: right. Um, so yeah. It takes time out of the day or night. It really works out beneficial when we're on nights. Yes. That's the one good thing about being on nights, because we all stay up. Right. So <clears throat> we all have the ability to leave home at 11 o'clock and go do this.
0: Yeah. Anywho, um we are what I say, thirty-eight? Twenty-eight 28. Episode 28. Uh, 28. twenty-eight. We are literally oh boy, what's this? Me tomorrow. Stuff always just pops up on my computer. Uh we are we are at opening day eve right now. It is a day before the Illinois Opener 2021 22 season. Freaking fired up, we're jacked up, we're ready to to get out. Um, a couple of us, meaning me and Paul, and obviously hit up Kentucky because we wanted to get the uh, the dust knocked off a little yeah. early. Um, and and that was pretty cool. So hopefully you guys tuned into that episode about the Kentucky trip. Um, it was fun, but we're we're home home team home team. It's time home to start.
1: Team. We're was
0: ready. It, you know, Rick shit. Rick Shook. No. uh, I think he ran for some kind of political... Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that
0: sign. So I used to, when I, my very first job was at Pagliacci's Pizza, delivering pizzas.
1: That's my second job.
0: And he would always order food. And every time he'd give me the whole pound, fist pound, home team, brother. That's on his sign, that's home team. He always said home team. (laughs) That's where I got that from. The things you hold on to, yeah, you know? right. <laughs> but anyways,
1: as we've crashed off into the weeds on that,
0: yes, home field, home field advantage. We're we're in them. No, um, Illinois starting tomorrow, so we're we're excited. So we want to get in here and do a preseason episode talking about. Obviously, again, we've never claimed that we're going to be able to tell you how to kill deer or find deer, um, but we're going to tell you how we plan on doing it at least.
1: Yeah. So, And what we've seen and what we're seeing as of yet.
0: What we've done up to this point. So me and Chase definitely want to get in here and and get this um, recorded and gone. Obviously, it'll be out. Or by the time it gets out, the season will have already started. Um, So if you're just hearing this, hopefully you're having some success in the woods. Hopefully we are having some success in the woods. And we can um, bring those stories and those tactics and everything to you guys. Um, But yeah, just first and foremost, good luck to everybody this season. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we're just to do our DMP time. Yes. Go
1: ahead. Uh, today I'll be reading Stephen Jones. Stephen, Sergeant Stephen Jones, deputy, was a deputy at Concho Sheriff's Department. Um, he was shot and killed while responding to a dog complaint in Eden, Texas. Uh, an altercation occurred between him and another deputy were faced by a bad guy that was the owner of the dog and a municipal employee of Eden. Um, The suspect fatally shot both deputies and critically wounded the city employee before he was taken in custody. He was was, uh, later apprehended and charged with two counts, capital murder of a police officer in Texas. Um, Deputy Jones, 34 years old, eight years on the department. Thank
0: rest you for your service. Rest in peace. Um, and if you listen to the most previous podcasts, ours, then you'll hear me talk about me being nasally and drinking a decent amount of alcohol the day before. We're still on the same day. We're just recording two. So that still applies for this one. So just a heads, heads up. <laughs> Um, My end of watch is going to be, and i I don't believe we've used this one. I feel like we need to, like, somehow start keeping track yeah, of the ones we Yeah, I was using. wondering
1: I had to go back.
0: Yeah, so regardless, um, if we have um, used him, then it is what it is. He's getting special treatment. But uh, Lieutenant John Stewart, he's with the Lake City Police Department in South Carolina. His end of watch was Friday, September 17, 2021. Uh, Lieutenant Stewart was killed during a, a vehicle pursuit in the 1000 block of North Matthews Road. The subject involved in the initial pursuit with Lake City police officers, then carjacked another vehicle. He was taken into custody following uh, another pursuit involving members of the Florence County Sheriff's Office. Um, it doesn't say on that, but I believe he was struck by the fleeing vehicle. Fleeing vehicle but I, it doesn't say for sure. So I apologize for that. But regardless... Um, Lieutenant Stewart was a United United States Marine Corps veteran. He had served with the Lake City Police for 13 years. He had served in law enforcement for over 21 years. Uh, he survived by his two sons and seven siblings. 48 years old, again um, 20 or 21 year tour uh, military veteran. So getting towards the end of his career, and uh, didn't yeah. get
1: to enjoy what you work yeah. all those years for. Yeah.
0: So rest in peace to him. Appreciate your service. So, onward. Talking about some strategies. Um, 2021. What we're looking forward to, what we're seeing. Um, so, one thing about the both of us is that we're primarily public land. For not sure. because we're, like, sitting here shaking dicks and... No. Saying public land hunting's harder and we're more badass than people who do private.
1: Because I'm poor and I don't own
0: any ground. We don't own any ground. I feel like I'm bothering people whenever I'm yeah at their house every day when I do because I do hunt private as well a few a few different spots but there's just something about going to a piece of land and it's big and you can just go you okay. don't have to worry about a whole lot I mean yeah. you want to be conscious of other people obviously um but yeah
1: yeah I've got one one piece of private that. Um, I didn't even hunt it in twenty twenty. Hunted in twenty nineteen. It the advantage to public ground for me too is five minutes from my door is river bottom and WMA ground and um ten minutes from the lake. So it's just all that. It's basically your backyard. Yeah, pretty much. So it's an easy drive, and when you're getting up at three thirty. I don't have to get up at 2.30 to yeah. drive somewhere, so I'm lucky with that for sure. Well, there's just
0: other stuff you don't have to deal with. I mean, and this was all on me, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I do have a, a private spot um, in a nearby town. It's not in Mattoon, um, but nearby, and I assumed that the um, landowner that park at their house, I assumed that she would see my, my car recognize it and know who I was so like I always feel like I'm bothering people by reaching out like hey I'm coming over today or I'm coming to the woods because I come over like I go to the woods a lot so um yeah I figured she was home I saw a car that I thought was hers and she was not home and so I walked around the woods for quite a while and came back to my car and there were a few deputies standing there so her son or her kids were inside and they didn't know And I didn't, so obviously on me, I should have reached out and said, "Hey, I'm going to come out there today. But, um, just one of those things I wanted to run out there real quick, put a camera out and get out of there, do a quick scout. And it's like not, and it wasn't a big deal. They knew, obviously know who I am. They knew I wasn't out there doing anything illegal. Um, and you know, I touched base with, with the owner and stuff, but it's just stuff like that that you don't have to worry about on public land. So. Again, this isn't a dick shaking contest. We're not no. saying we're better than anybody else. We're trying to
1: prove a point, and or we're,
0: we still don't kill deer either. So, not very many, anyways.
1: I mean, if if I had the money, I'd own a couple hundred absolutely. acres, absolutely, and I would hunt it. I'm jealous. Yeah,
0: because there's a lot of big deer, and there's a, there's just a different
1: way of hunting it, right? And I'm I'm also very grateful that we have Lake Shelbyville and the greater Shelbyville Watershed WMA area within minutes, or you know, even twenty minutes, thirty minutes for Devon. But there's a lot of people in Illinois that have to travel well over an hour to have any public ground, and that public ground may be garbage compared to what we have. I mean, we're we're totally blessed to live here and have all that ground that the government's kept open to public for us to hunt. So might as well take advantage of it.
0: So that's a good point. Anywho,
1: so um.
0: You know, you've been, you've been hitting it for, this will be your third season, is that correct? This will
1: be my third season.
0: Third season hunting, this will be my fourth, so we're still pretty new to the game, we understand that, and we understand that everything's a learning process, and mm-hmm. like, the thing that I enjoy about you, and because I feel like it relates to me, is that like, we're enjoying the process. We love the grind, we love the, the hard sure. work that it takes. Um because it is it is a lot of hard work, regardless of being on public or private.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but like we we're, we're, we're kind of those people that embrace it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's cool having somebody else to chat with, and right. we spend a lot of time talking together.
1: Yeah, walking <clears throat> to the nth degree and climbing up and down, and and you know tomorrow's the opener, and it's supposed to be ninety degrees, and it's gonna be a lot of deer hunters ain't hunting. Yeah. And we probably ain't gonna see anything. Probably not. We but know you know it. what? I've been waiting. Since January sixteenth for this day, so I'm yes. um, I'm gonna go out
0: for sure. Why not? I can be in the woods legally and have the have the yeah, opportunity. Yeah. So um, you know, I'll kind of talk about some of my tactics last year and how I even got to those tactics and what I think I did wrong and what I think I'm gonna to try to do this year. Um. So I know the first podcast you did, we talked about how like just social media and podcasts mm, in general yes. have really opened our experiences up pretty um, much everything I've learned has been from that everything I mean my first season I I got a hold of a guy that lives down the road and he's like I have a tree stand in the the wood line right there literally a 30 yard long or width wood line in between fields that are right next to a major road and houses um which is crazy because there was a monster, uh, not a monster, yeah, but a he's, really he's a big nice, nice buck. Um, I don't think I've ever even talked about him, but maybe one of these days I will. Um, but um, just not a lot of deer. But he's like, there's a tree stand there. It's been there since before you were born. You're more than welcome to. So I was sitting there and that was it. Like I had no idea of anything else from scrapes to how deer communicate, and how, or just how deer deer live, period. Right. Um, so I didn't do a whole lot of learning that that season. But, like, I always had it in my mind, like, even just in that little small area, I was like, man, the few deer that I do see kind of come in from right there. Like, I wonder if I can, like, move over
1: there. Without or like, spooking them. Without or, spooking without, them or, or who even, I mean, uh, touch on to that, I didn't, I didn't know about spooking deer. I right. didn't know about, so, yeah.
0: There's, yeah, there's yeah. so much to learn and, like, so, I don't know, I kind of talked about this, but, like, growing up, I hunted for two, like, two-ish years, maybe three, um, in high school, um, I'll say, but, so, you know, I wrestled, I went to school, so, once November came, I was done, I was done hunting.
1: Right. Yeah. Like,
0: so, I had October, and I went with my grandpa, and so, he didn't get Shotgun around, or archery? Uh, archery. Archery. Yeah, so, um... But even then, I'm at school, and so I'm doing mainly evenings,
1: and occasional weekend,
0: occasional weekend when I didn't have to work. So, you know, my grandpa knew I didn't have enough that, that much time to put into it, and he was also, you know, he's I've never known him to be like a mobile hunter. Right. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know anything about scrapes, and I knew what a tree rope was just because obviously you walk into the woods and you're like something has rubbed it, right. that tree right. raw. And then you get to think, like, it's got to be a deer antler. Um, so I knew what that was, but I didn't know the purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't know a scrape again. I didn't know, it saddles. I didn't know any of this stuff. It was go to that ground blind, sit there, deer going to walk by at some point and shoot them.
1: How to play the wind and when, what it was, that is. I still but... don't know, but I'm trying yeah, to learn. I'm trying. That's
0: the hardest thing right now. Um, but, yeah, so moving forward to my first season back, I will say, and my first real season hunting, I, I kind of, I kind of don't include my past hunting right, experience right. anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I had the idea that I wanted to move around. I wanted to learn how deer live before I could figure out how to kill them. And then you got me on the podcast. And then it's like I've learned an incredible amount just in the last two years. Right. Of applying some of the things. But it's different listening to it on a podcast. list people talk about it. To yeah, really you don't know where it. they're hunting
1: and what type of terrain they're in and what pressure But even a million yeah, things. but still, still, you take a little bit out of everything you listen and put it together, and right. you've got a, you got a plate.
0: But I, you know, then I was even still having a hard time, like telling the difference between a scrape or just a bare spot. And right, road, you yeah. know, like and, and what I to still, look for. In struggle it, and that, yeah, yeah. Um, so to wrap that all up and make a long story short, you know, last year was my first year on public land, um, and being really mobile. So, um, I was trying to look at those things. I was trying to look for those things. You know, you, and you hear like, Dan Infault talk a lot about right off the parking lot. A lot right. of times people miss a lot of stuff. So, I was trying to do that. Um, and I got into some really good sign. And that's where I messed up. Is I got into a really good sign early. And I stayed there. And boogered it. And and probably hunted it. To, like And again, like I said, I, I'm not great with the wind yet. Um, I always tried to kind of... Have the wind in the back of my head, but at the same time, like, I was on hot side. The sign. approach
1: angle and right. how you're getting in and uh, the wind. The the same hole.
0: access every time.
1: Right. So they patterned you before you patterned
0: Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That's that's one thing I didn't learn until last season. You know, mm-hmm. listening to more podcasts, like, hey, dumbass, like, they're watching at all times. Like, there's a reason they're alive. Um, so I stayed on that one spot too long to but yeah, it is what it is um but i still had some uh, decent experiences um some things that worked for me that i'm going i'm going to hunt that same area this year mm-hmm. but i'm going to do it differently um but then i'm also going to i'm going to move around a lot more and get out of that area specifically so
1: yeah the one i mean like I said, i started this would be my third season so i didn't grow up deer hunting i don't have or even like Devin where he hunted for a couple years i was all upland and waterfowl so this was all new to me so everything and you go to talk to anybody that's hunted for any amount of time around here it's the majority of people that i could gain knowledge from did the tree stand and rut hunt and same tree
0: stands over here. same
1: tree stands either public private doesn't matter they set them up and they hunt them and they Walk in and out at the same time, and a lot of them guys killed killed deer. Right, but me wanting to take the harder route to things, and in my head of if I've taken the harder route, I've earned it a little more for sure. So that's and then not knowing who to listen to, so I just started listening to a gambit of different people on podcasts and YouTube, and started taking a little bit from Infall with the betting to you know all these different guys and hunt public and more spot stock and and trying to take all of it together to try to formulate a plan and this is obviously you're going to get more confident every year but this year going into tomorrow most confident i've been by far even naively confident the first year like i can do this and the first year i took a shot at a probably a 120s eight point went right over his back into the river and and just that I thought I was king of the hill because I at least got one and got that close he's like 15 yards and I put my 30-yard pin on him because yes. I was stupid and had multiple pins and freaked out and didn't know which to do and I just I don't even remember seeing the sight but I know I know I put 30-yard pin on him and went right over his back and watched the light knock go right in the river but you've never been in that position before, no you know no
0: i talk a lot about you know we talked about it with smith um you know we talked i I talk about how i always i've never sent a ring to deer like i'm always Mm -hmm. shooting them in the head or the spine or something (laughs) it's like honestly like everything goes by so quickly and it's so much different than standing and shooting at a target and it's like how do you get better but shoot more deer so that's why i'm cool with shooting a couple does a year and because I don't want the first time yeah. trying to punch a trigger. It's swamp
1: donkey walking by I, and
0: something big, you know.
1: One thing I've done too that I think's helped me, or it it has calmed me in the sense of when I'm out there is uh, a lot of places where I've hunted because learning. So I've not seen the big mature deer that mm-hmm. I would like to be hunting, but I see quite a bit of two year olds, quite a bit of forks. There's a lot of forkhorns down there by the river and um seen a ton of doe there's always there's always doe down there and every deer that gets within 40 yards gets within you know comfortable shooting range or little touch out but close enough i'm drawing i mean i'm drawing up on them like i want to i'm following them not arrow knock draw back hand off the release But drawing back and I am following them with that sight picture, trying to build that repetition in. So, you know, if it's 10 seconds later or if it's two years later, you know, there's just that many deer, more deer I pulled back on. And and I feel like I can see the very first time I did it. And I was like, you know, floating the pen was more like floating in the football field. Like it was just all over the place, like just nerves. And to where by the end of last year it was a lot calmer like i if i would have wanted to attempt to harvest that deer then i I feel confident that i could have hit that but my thought process also changed too you know i'm wanting more for meat in the freezer and so there's going to be um hunting more doe this year than i have in the past and not only just being out there trying to go after mature buck but trying to go after a doe to get some meat. For sure.
0: so. I think there's a lot of times there is um, kind of a step ladder you got to take, you know, you got to, I mean, I credited you for going straight for the top. Yeah. You know, like that's I what mean, I do. You got to, you got to respect it, but I'm like, shit, I got to learn how to kill stuff first. Yeah. You know? So, um, but it, like, like I, I said, and you, you know, you reinforce, it's putting the repetitions in, in that moment because we only get to do this for three Three-ish months. Right. Three plus months, you know. And you um, can
1: stand back there in that backyard, and you can drill at 20, 30, yeah. 40, 27, 50, 32, and you can drill that all different when you in the woods. Well, and, and I
0: think a huge part, in, at least place for me, is that, and by practicing you're getting better at this, is learning when to draw on the deer, too. Right. Because, like, you don't want to draw too, too early and be holding back for three minutes, but you don't want to do it when they're watching it and they're super close and they can hear your bow. Or right. the latest infault
1: video, Dan's latest video that he just put up on that his first deer this year. I don't know if you've seen that I video yet. Uh, He talks about when that buck come by and he drew back. I think he, I may be wrong by a yard or two, but I thought he said it was like 10 yards and he was going to try to stop it, but it had already stopped because it heard his bow creak, Freak,
0: whatever, yeah. whatever.
1: It made a noise. His mm-hmm. bow made a noise when he drew back. And the deer stopped and is looking right up at him he's like if i stop this it's already stopped yes. but if i now that it's taken off slowly walking again if i try to stop it it's on to bolt right so he's like i tried to hit it while moving so that's just another thing that timing of when mm-hmm. you know he's like this thing you you'll see on the video if, if you guys watch follow if you don't you absolutely need to Should, yeah. he's a
0: yeah but so that's and i feel like that's a reason why everything seems so quick in my brain after i play it back is because I'm so worried about getting caught mm-hmm. drawing back that I, everything else is a rush, and it's like, but that this deer that I took in Kentucky was far enough away, and she had absolutely no idea I was there
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, never even looked over at me nothing. wind was perfect, didn't make a noise like so I was calm and I took my time on my shot, I took a lot of time and I remember everything about that shot, but like I play back the ones that the deer are close, like really close, and it's like I'm um, super worried about yeah, catching me about, alone yeah. and then it's like i then i don't settle myself down and i just as soon as i see brown where i want it to be I, I squeeze the trigger off and it's like i don't even remember what happened
1: i can't imagine last year whenever i'd i'd been following this mature buck last year for a while and seen him several times but off in a distance that was nowhere even at elk range what i mean he was he was a long ways away but i was in the right area like the right mm-hmm. And the morning I seen him at about 80 yards, um, I can't imagine trying to draw back on him. Yeah, Like the level of anxiety and just blood pump and adrenaline and like, there's no way, mm-hmm. like, I- I'm glad that I seen that now. And now that's one more thing I can expect if I get lucky enough to get that close again, that's one more thing to expect and to try to, overcome because i mean for me he would have been just an absolute hog but and i would have been super blessed to take it but feeling that is something that Mm -hmm. i hadn't felt before and that's going to be something that i hope to feel again but try to have to learn how to calm Mm -hmm. and low you know slow that down a little bit but
0: i mean it's like a lot of stuff that we do in our job like you remember the first time you went on a domestic or yeah, something high, yeah. high speed like you're fucking all over the place and you're thinking a million different things and it's like now something like that comes out and it's like yeah, well i remember we'll the first there.
1: time on you know i was on SWAT and the first time the very first door we kicked mm-hmm. in the amount of adrenaline that is and running through you, you
0: probably didn't um, don't even remember yeah it all went down in a this, this split second just
1: yeah snap of a finger and then to the last time that i had done it it was. You still get the adrenaline, oh, for sure. you, and you still get. You. I want you on edge, and I want you hyped I mean, up, and all. But you've learned how to slow, calm that down, and and contain control that, it, and yeah. control it. And I hope that apply it positively. Yeah, positively. Sure. Maybe we'll go. with we'll that. that. Positively.
0: I hope. <laughs>
1: yeah. I hope to turn. That kind of mentality with the deer, too, where you can learn to harness that and be able to stay calm. One thing I'm learning this year is do not drink five cups of coffee and go out and think you are going to do precision shooting cold. Yeah, what the hell?
0: (laughs) Speaking of drinking a bunch, I had a lot of alcohol last night, so I've been drinking a bunch of water. So we're going to take a quick second here. (laughs) Bam. That was the quickest piss ever. (laughs) <laughs> that was po- not in podcast it, world. Yeah, it's not in real life. Just a second. Um so we're talking about repetitions, um being in the moment, being in those stressful moments and trying to get in those stressful moments as much as possible.
1: One on that, I want to say for anybody the one the person that's probably listening to this, four four, we'll give it four or five. Uh when people on the TVs talk about practicing what you're going to be doing in the real world if you hunt out of a saddle then put your saddle on six inches off the ground stand on your platform if you hunt out of a stand put your stand on the back side of that tree and stand out in that yard and make as awkward of shots as you can because that in the little baby experience that i have like the tiny tiny little bit of experience that i have that was one thing the first two years that i did not practice or think that was necessary and would have been very beneficial starting this year. I spent a lot of time in the off season um, shooting out of the saddle at home and trying to hone that, that completely changes the game. Um, I, I've, I've still got a couple mobile stands, but primarily going to be hunting out of a saddle. So I knew that's what I want to practice the most. And that changed a bunch. I mean that. So if I can give any advice on that, practice, 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 well, how many, and whatever.
0: You know, like you said, probably when you started, and just like I did, uh, and how many people out there probably walk out in their backyard on a nice day, and they're in a t-shirt. No wind. And I ain't going to go short, shoot in the wind. Yeah, no, no I, wind. T-shirt and shorts. Yeah. Fling 12 arrows, 2,300 arrows, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then hunting season comes around, and you get all this camo on, and you have gloves on. Gloves can be a huge difference. like. And, face everything, mask the mask. everything change your anchor
1: point and like and to what you can feel
0: in a tree or in a high stress situation so yes good point like um do all that put gloves the, on put different clothes on like
1: like even i i mean i've got like 20 packs so i have a lot of packs so i will you know not necessarily my hunting pack so because it's stowed away in the off season but i have plenty of backpacks i'll go throw some clothes in a backpack and put the hip belt on chest strap on cinch it up tight and then you would not believe the amount that that changes your draw when you've got a pack on just constricting your chest when you're trying to draw back to that weight like offsetting your shoulders that makes it in that you know we're going out there for a reason we're going out to try to harvest the deer if you don't practice what you're going to do i mean because this in that application mindsets come from work yeah i mean and you have to practice what the real world's going to be, or else you're going to be hosed. Yep. So.
0: And it goes to instincts, and some people's instincts to freeze. Yeah. Some. Some are not.
1: Some are not, but regardless.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah. So what kind of? Um. I guess we'll we'll go to. What kind of hunting strategies did have you tried in the past? Um. How they work out, and then what tweaks are you making this year? To
1: try to do better. So first year. Uh, my first stand was a lone wolf climber and I had very little knowledge of mobile, if you will, um, but had started watching some videos on mobile. So I knew I kind of wanted that. Didn't know anything at all about mm-hmm. how to read sign, but I knew like the very obvious sign, what it was. So I would go sit up on that sign and I would think, well, tall grass. So that's got to be bedding. And there's a rub right there. So I'm going to go sit up on that and didn't think about anything to do with thermals, morning rising, nothing to do with that. But so I'd started out more in that climbing stand, but still semi-mobile. Like I never sat the same place twice necessarily. Never, I mean, maybe same a tree within the same 15, 20 feet, but I would try to pick different trees um, to then last year switching over to more of a hanging hunt instead of the climber. So I could get in different trees and then late season last year switched over to a saddle and really started like late season started getting into, um, I guess you call it spot stock or just slow hunt. And I, I enjoy that with my my attention deficit disorder. Yeah. I cannot sit somewhere very long. So um, one thing that I've tried to, do is that learn how to walk slow learn how to walk quiet and that's why the saddle has been so catchy for me is because I can wear it I got two sticks, two eighters on my pack and I mean I, my whole thing with my bow doesn't weigh 30 pounds mm-hmm. and if if you can't carry 30 pounds for a couple miles at 35 36 years old then well you need to try harder you get to the weight so That's going to be my main strategy this year, a lot more mobile um, and so much so that I've got spots picked out where I won't even take the saddle in Uh, that I'll just, that'll just be a ground hunt Mm -hmm. and there's areas that I want to walk through and it'll, I mean, I've already thought it out in my head a million times of if the wind's this way, what way can I come in? And that's also going to be another beneficial thing this year, getting the Mm e-bike and being able to come in from different angles there's one thing I'm probably going to add to my arsenal of toys for this year. And if I can find, I know I had an old set back in the day when I duck hunted, it was a set of waders. Yeah. There's um, the river area that I hunt. You come in on one side or you come in on the other. Right. And you know, if the water level is down with a set of muck boots, you know, you can cross cross Creek and it'd be all right, but you don't know what the water level is going to sure. do. I would like to this year, there is what I would consider and what I've learned and what, and the sign that's in there is telling me that there is a big buck living in there. Mm. It's really hard to hunt. It's on an oxbow. Uh, It's crazy, crazy thick coming in on the side that is public accessible without crossing the river. So crazy thick. Like you just, I am not good enough to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you send somebody in that's like, really practiced, that, they'd be good, but I'm not. And it's about a mile and a half back. So I'd like to try the wader thing this year, come in from the other side of the river, which the road dead ends in. So it's a quarter mile walk down the old rock road and jump across the river where the old bridge was and 20, 30 yards and you're in this area. So the river sign tells me that there is a ton of traffic on that river, but I can get, if I get in where I can cross that and I'm, it typically it's less than waste. So, uh, I really don't feel like really a gamble
0: you want to take though. and
1: Right. And like get down there and that's your plan for the day. And then it's waist deep and not knee deep. Right. So, you know, my thought to that is I'm going to get a cheap set of waders and just wear them across and then dump them there and leave them. So we,
0: we, when we went to Kentucky, um, we went into a swampy area and there was a pair of waiters hanging in a tree. Really? They'd tell somebody
1: had been there and so just leave so it there. That's, there and, somebody else is, that's not a completely stupid, yeah, ignorant idea. As soon idea. as they get there, that they throw them on and, and go. Yeah, because they're heavy and you ain't packing them away. It ain't like a coat. You're right. not going to stick a, you'd have to have a huge backpack to yeah. stow them in. Well,
0: <clears throat> so um, I'm going to try a little bit this year. Um, I, I wanted to do it last year, but it was just, I don't know. I got stuck in. I have a tree stand on my back. I have to put it in a tree and I have to sit in it. And then. Why do we think that? I don't
1: know. I, I don't know why I go into I the took woods all the that work.
0: Way. Yeah. Why? I, I hey. did all the work to, to get the tree stand learn it. So
1: I better use it, you know? And I know I've ruined hunts from doing that when I should have just listened to my gut and not get up in the tree. But I was, I have the stand, right. so I have to get up in the tree. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, there's advantage to getting up in a tree. And sure, I but like I situationally, yes. like there's a day that your gut's telling you, like, I know I should go down there. But then the other side of your shoulders going, no, you brought the tree stand. We're getting up in the tree stand and yep. we're going to make this work. Well, that's.
0: And then I get in the same area that I want to hunt. And I'm like, oh, I can't find a really good tree. So I kind of do circles for the next 10 minutes trying to find.
1: Right. <coughs> and then you're screwing your wind up and you don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. But I wanted to try it last year and let's get a decoy. There's there's one spot in the same freaking spot that I hunted way too long last year, but there's a spot where, like, it's a ravine that comes down, so they're using that to obviously get up to the peaks or whatever, you, the top of the hills or whatever. Ridges. 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 Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, ridges, and then the ag fields are all through the timber further up. So, I don't know if they're bedding down in the, the lower, whatever. I'm trying to figure it out, but... Um, There's a lot of sign of crossings and stuff like that in the lower part. Well, there's the tall grass that comes out from that ravine, and then there's a break, and then there's an island of trees, and then there's the river. So um, I set up in the timber part last year, not in the island of trees. I wanted to, but the trees that were there, they either had too much stuff around them or they were just too big to get my straps around. Mm-hmm. Um, quietly at least. So I went into the, the main part and I ended up checking over my shoulder one time um in the open area back behind me, which is the way my wind was going, and I saw a quick split second of a buck turning back around to leave, so he caught my wind. Or <laughs> thermals or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So um but that little open area I think it'd be kinda cool just to try it. I've never tried calling deer really. Um but to get so another thing I'm going to try to do more this year is hunt on the ground, but I don't like sitting on the ground. I don't like kneeling on the ground. Like my knees are shit, and my back sucks um, to sit anywhere in an extended period of time. Right. So I'm planning on taking that saddle, walking in with a saddle, not even the tree stand, and just hooking it up to the bottom of a tree, and then leaning against like basically saddle hunting but on the ground. Right. Um. So. Cause I did do that one spot in stock last year and I didn't plan on it being one, but it turned into one and like just the ground experience was really freaking mm-hmm. cool. And it, took, it is. And that's how I hunted back way back in the day. And I remember that it was just, it's kind of cool being on the same level as the
1: deer. I, I've played with this year doing the same thing you're doing, but instead of wearing the saddle of using, I've got the predator platform mm-hmm. and just taking the platform in, yeah. I've got it set up and it's pack in the predator pack. And just no, no taking the saddle, no nothing. Just the platform, the one strap, and using it as a tree seat. quote. Right. And,
0: and find find an area, find an area, like, area. like this where yeah. it's trees, but there's tall grass around those trees. Yeah. So you're Brush staying, in, basically. yeah, you're staying in the grassy level. Um. So that's blocking you. You know. Whereas there's so many times where I felt like I got into a tree and it was like, the deer spotting me in the tree because it's a bare spot. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing covering right. the eyesight between the deer and me so um i think staying low is going to be something i talked about doing last year but yeah I'm we really did try it this year um because there's a couple times where like i i did i set up like eight foot off the ground 10 foot off the ground um because it was kind of brushy right there and i had deer walk literally next to my tree and they didn't know i was there um, it was pretty cool
1: but that, then again i got higher a few times and got busted the areas that we hunt down by the river are crazy thick low mm-hmm. so like majority of the time i only take in two sticks i don't right. need to get up any higher than eight to it's ten feet taken. and i think that's where it's going to be an advantage this year and it, you know so I, this i throw the saddle in the pack and have it if i need it mm-hmm. but i i'm super i've cut a piece of the you know the old foam back like a turkey seat foam that right. goes up against whatever you want it mm-hmm. to to fit that predator back and i'll or that predator platform and that's where all land yeah. i mean i mean we've all hit as kids we've all played hide and go seek in the woods as kids mm-hmm. anybody that's growing up out in the country you're doing the same thing yes. and and you're not having to make the noise of climb the tree you're not having to and then if you're you give it an hour and you're like then that's no more noise coming down the tree you got one strap sure. right there goes back in the pack and you're on the move right I and just it's just all situational where you're hunting. Right.
0: I was just about to say that. Say you see a couple deer that are crossing somewhere or whatever, crossing Food. a field, like now you can get down and move, more. whereas if you're in a tree stand, you got to tear that whole thing down I think without making noise.
1: You and I are both agreeance on this year. We're going to be way more aggressive. Yes. Got nothing started, to lose. like
0: So my my opening day last year, my idea was to get just off of this road into, onto a point where I can see the whole bottom. Right. And nothing to do with any trails going not by it or whatever. I wanted to do an observation sit mm-hmm. and see where the deer were going. And I saw, uh, I saw a doe cross, and I went, and she actually went to where I talked about all that sign was. Uh, she went and bedded down there, and then I'm pretty sure I saw a glimpse of a buck back the other way, but I don't. I, I just saw brown moving, and I thought I saw um, through the timber an ant- like set like said antlers, but I don't right. know how big. Um, but there's a shit ton of sign over farther but whatever I, I told myself i wanted to stay back and just observe and see where the deer were it didn't work I, where did it get me yeah fucking nowhere like because i ended up moving getting more mobile and then finding sign and then again like i said i think their mistake was staying on that but
1: i think that the observation quote sits are great i think that i've listened to dan and Fault talk a lot about that he knows and those what are he's doing. he knows what he's doing and <laughs> i think would look for i think if you think of it in the light of you're using that observation set like people would use cameras. Yes. Then it's super beneficial. Right. Super beneficial that you go out and you were looking. If I if I'm thinking of the right spot where you were at, you were looking over 50 acres probably collectively. Like you could see that whole bottom area. Yes. Probably 50-ish you see acres. See a lot of ground. Great area to observe. Yep. And it, now you've seen where they're starting to go. So you either make the plan of going after it or not. But right. I know this year I'm pretty confident in making the decision for you that, yeah, we're both
0: you're yeah, like, saying we're going after it. It didn't get me anywhere last year. Not, right. you know, we've talked about that
1: a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when
0: your first podcast, I think we talked yeah. about it. Um, But yeah, definitely getting aggressive and I'm starting out aggressive. Like that's why I told, uh, text texted to you. I'm like, are we going together? Cause like, do you have a spot? Because like, I want to get into betting like tomorrow.
1: Right. I got a spot that one in particular that we're not going to go booger up tomorrow and right. try our aggressive tactics. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah, there's some places that.
0: And then part we'll of me, even ahead. though I kind of know this area, the one that I hunted last year, um, even though I know it, part of me also wants to kind of do more of the, you know, don't don't get in super early and wait till the sun's starting to pick up to where you can see, like if you see yeah. something, you can see it. Um, but if they're moving off in the distance or then you can start seeing, you know, you see more or you can see what the trees are laying out like
1: to kind of dive off into the grass a little bit. The one thing that I have learned is there's tons and tons, I'm going to put a number on it, tons and tons of deer killers, Mm -hmm. like, and there are so many deer killers, guys are just solid that have every bit a different idea from the next guy. Right. There, you know, you go from Eberhardt style to Involt style to, you know, the, from Hunt and Bee style to Eberhardt to Hunt Public. Everybody's got their own thing. Like, just like we talked about in the last podcast with me, is I had to figure out what worked for me on this new boat. Yes. And I finalized it and figured it out. So, But
0: well, that could I, change.
1: That could absolutely change, for sure. And you have to adapt to it. And you have to, yeah. But you have to find out what style works for you. If it's And there's, don't get so locked on on the sense of, I've got a stand, I'm gonna go hang it and hunt it because there's sign here. Or I'm gonna Devin and I are talking about doing a lot more aggressive um slow hunt, spot and stock hunt this year. But neither one of us are like dead set I guarantee you both of us with our mindsets are gonna be like three weeks into it. Well, let's slow it down a little bit. Yeah. Like if it's not working, right. if it's not, we're gonna give it the college effort. If mm-hmm. it's not working, we're gonna slow it down and then maybe speed back up a little bit. Like right. yeah, it's it's a ebb and flow it's it's dynamic and you have to be able to have all these different i think anything can work is, but you have to figure out what works for you right like there's no one person and any of the top guys will tell you that this is what works for me mm-hmm. and that's a big quote on me not it may not work for you right. but i don't want to do what i've done the last two years and get locked in like you're saying like i have this stand we're going to go hunt it yes and if we go out tomorrow and we think that we should sit because you can hear some stuff, then we'll sit. If we think that we're not hearing anything, then you just keep gradually moving, and yeah. we'll we'll see what we can do. I get think to.
0: tomorrow we're both going to kill a booner.
1: I think tomorrow that we are going to be bug bitten, <laughs> miserable, bring the thermostat, and just <clears throat> sweating all. The mornings aren't bad though. The mornings aren't bad. I came. I went
0: out to the side this morning, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not I
1: am this. yeah. I I'm taking my nephew, um, Lucas out tomorrow to after school to go for opening day. And we went out yesterday and went did a little scouting where wet I plan to go and we hung camera up, cell cam up and it was the most miserable two hours of my life. It was terrible. I've never imagined that mosquitoes in Illinois could be as bad as they were yesterday. So I Lucas and I are swatting and doing all this and I said, buddy, if it's if it's like this tomorrow our, our house is gonna be pretty short. <laughs> we're not. We're not going out and sitting on this. I don't care. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I I hope to get a lot more mobile this year. That's how I feel like I'm going to learn more. Mm-hmm. you like, have to I've, screw up to learn. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing I've learned at work. And I'm real. You're good gonna at screw it. up. Yeah. And if you ain't screwing up then you're not learning. But
0: you just can't be afraid to do it. You right. can't be afraid to fail. I'm all
1: for it. So what happens if you go out there tomorrow and and we see, say, for some odd known reason, we get close to a booner. Not going to happen. But just say we do, and we're like, we're going after. For sure. Yeah, we we go after this two hundred inch swamp donkey, and we screwed up. Well, we screwed it up. What do we do? We some. We'll, we'll analyze up. it. We'll see what we did wrong, and the next time we'll try it again. I'm gonna go
0: right to where he was, and I'm gonna look around and yeah. see what he's seeing, and
1: yeah. then stand back and look at where we were. And see, why was he there? Right. Where would he have been coming Cause from?
0: Because still to this, you know, I've done a lot of walking around the woods. I've done a lot of stuff, like looking online, videos and stuff. I still can't tell you, like, how to find or how to recognize a buck bed. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, how do I know a doe's not there? Right. You know, so if I kick one up, that'd be a perfect opportunity. But I've never, I've never been aggressive enough to really do that.
1: Um, the right way without probably I don't know enough to know no like I can say yesterday where Luke and I were at we we kicked up a buck and in my head I'm like there's gonna be a buck in here like this particular place I'm like it's got everything that hunting beast style beast style hunting everything for that buck bed that Dan talks Mm -hmm. about and those guys talk about and we kicked up a little Okay. Could have been luck. Yeah. yeah. We also kicked up two dough. Right. But it was an area that I'll, I'll, I'll chalk that up and I'll write that down in my little brain of this type of area, this type of terrain, this type of grass, all that stuff. And then, you know, if I start to see a pattern of that, then we'll be able to pattern that and be a little more confident. In what, Maybe right it what I somewhere else. Yeah.
0: And see how it works. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But at least you're, you're trying.
1: So sidetrack again on... Uh, kind of back to gear, but we're going to be using it this year. You took my saddle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Would you, you've you been playing with that. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Um, hunted with it in Kentucky. Um, there was one situation where I got in the tree and the saddle wasn't going to work, so I just lengthened the tether or whatever mm-hmm. um, and sat in it normally. And But uh, loving it, loving everything about it. Um, the shot feels more natural for me. I like the idea of being able to hide around, the, like, I'm I'm setting up more to where I think the deer come in, right? Right. Whereas before, without the saddle and you're doing tree stand, you're setting up on what would be the face, I guess, of right. that trail right. or whatever. So they can look up and freaking see you. Whereas on the saddle, you're you're setting up behind the tree more, kind of, for me, a little bit off to have that shot, um, but you can hide around that tree, and I didn't apply that part of it to my Kentucky hunt because I only saw one deer while I was in the, in the stand. Um, but the idea is there. Yeah. And it takes a little getting used to, right? Oh, for sure. Like, but I did that in my backyard. I got right. kind of, now I didn't sit in it for the amount of time that I did in Kentucky. You weren't
1: crazy like me and would sit out in your backyard for two hours hanging no. from a tree.
0: No, I wouldn't do that, but I would shoot.
1: You know, yeah. Who would do that? Yeah, no, chase <laughs>
0: um, I'd shoot out of it and just the shot a lot more comfortable. Um, I've talked about not being comfortable in tree stands. Not, I'm not afraid of heights. Um, there's just something about like, there's no tension. You're just kind of freestanding and it just kind of, I don't know. It just kind of fucks with me a little bit.
1: That moment in time when you're in a stand and you're wearing the old harness Mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: up above you, but you've got a little slack so you can move and turn around and you trip like your foot sticks on the stand and you get that trip that, that, blood rush yes. of like oh crap yes is like uh yeah. not a fan. No. We don't have it a saddle. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying saddle hunt is the best thing. I'm not trying to sell saddles. I'm this is my experience right. and now yes. Devin's experience. Yes.
0: I, I enjoy them both. Yeah um I, do too. I have a lot of a lot a lot of fun doing just a normal hanging hunt. Mm-hmm. Um but I and for the other reason that I talked about staying on the ground even using that saddle right. it's going to be better for me to sit low because the you know I, I can stand i can even unhook it and walk if i want to right or just move around and maybe stretch a little bit um you know slowly and because you're
1: you're using your platform as a what
0: my tree stand is your, your point 0.5 is my point 0.5 yeah so i've got my platform is a regular so platform stand. yeah so i can i can interchange in the middle of a hunt. Right. Like I did in Kentucky. Right. Um so yeah, and the stands still super light. Um running two sticks, two mini sticks with eighters. So if I need to get up in a tree I can't. I can get up to a decent height. Um but no I think the, the versatility of of the saddle is going to be huge and I, I'm really enjoying it so far.
1: Yeah, um I think my system about two weeks ago I finally got dialed in and to where i'm comfy with everything the way it's all set up and that helped too going out and throwing some cameras up early season taking Mm -hmm. my saddle taking my pack like running everything but my bow and climbing the trees and like dialing everything because that the efficiency for me is what makes it more enjoyable like you have to be more efficient if you're more efficient you're quieter Mm -hmm. and you're less distracted on suck that doesn't matter right so if you are super efficient in your steps that you need and that just makes the uh, experience better. And it makes you, I think it makes you a better killer because your you're confident. Yeah. You're going to be quieter. You're going to be more confident and everything is going to line up a little better yeah. for you.
0: Cause so, I've, I, those early stages are really playing with, with the stand and sticks and hanging and hunting. There's, there can be a lot to it. So in those early stages, there's a lot of times where I would mess something up and it's like, it took 45 minutes for me to oh, get a God. tree. And by the time I got up there, I have zero confidence. I'm like, I just made a shitload of noise. I've been moving around. Like, I wanted to be set 30 minutes ago. Like, who knows what will me. sweat.
1: Then you're cold. And, and your confidence is gone. Mm-hmm. So you might, you damn, you're, you might as well leave. But, you're, you've stressed and strained muscles. You're now, if like something does come up. Yeah. You're not as steady. Cause right. you're, so I never told you this story. So like one of the first times, again, Bought a used hand climber. No, I'm sorry. I bought a used sit and climb, which I traded the sit part for the hand climber later on. But I bought a used sit and climb, Lone Wolf sit and climb, as my first stand. No one ever showed me. I, I like I watched a couple YouTube videos uh-huh. and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I had no idea what a lineman's rope was. So I bought one after I watched a couple videos right. and trying to learn what to tell you. So I buy all this crap. So I go out by myself and course i had to hunt an area where around the lake where it had tall limbless trees Uh up to so forth so i find an area that i like and i go to climb that sit and climb and i'm trying to fart my way through that like i i just have to look like an absolute moron and i'm like this thing is just kicking my butt and i get to the top and i had so i wanted to be tied into the tree to be safe i didn't run a tether to work the sit and climb up. Mm-hmm. I ran a lineman's belt. So in between my sit and climb and my platform was this belt that kept sliding down this algae-filled tree, and I was a lathered horse after a 50-mile trail. Okay. I mean, just completely soaked. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the stupidest thing ever. Why did I buy this? Yes, You can't do this every tree. And then, you know, you learn a little more. Oh, yeah, and well, that's really for. I I'd went and asked Keith. I'm like, uh, am I doing something wrong here? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's absolutely not the way you're supposed to do that. I'm like, what? That'd have been nice for somebody to yeah. tell me. Learn the hard live, way. Live and learn. Yeah.
0: That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much stuff I've messed up. Yeah. Uh, but again, you learn and yeah. and you Chalk do it better. Up. Do better the next time, and you find a different way. I mean, half of your running gun setup is just like fabricated stuff that works for you. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: And that's why I like that stuff. Is because it's all. Tinkerable, mm-hmm. if that's a word to you, tailored. and like tailored to you, you can tailor it to yeah. you. There's a, there's a product out there that now, or or you can or you, you know can this whole DIY something. stuff mm-hmm. where you're finessing it, really fine tooth comb to where what's efficient for you. and You can change this to that, and there's a lot of guys out there that have got this whole DIY thing down to a science, right. and it's just nice to be able to that. No, it's not just a ladder stand and a bow. And of harness. There's like a million different ways for it.
0: Right. Well, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we wrap it up pretty quick. I got a birthday thing to get ready for. Mm, the real, real world, world lies. Yeah. I actually have to go buy something, so I didn't realize how late it was. Um, but regardless, kind of wrap it all up in a bow. Um, you know, we're both on the same page of being aggressive, more aggressive this year. Um, at least that's the idea right now. Uh, I'm not on any bucks right now that i I'm, I'm on i'm not on a buck i don't know if you have any targets
1: i have one that i seen in august that i'd seen last year um that i'll be i've been watching around the area but i seen him you know at the end of last season and hunting him a couple of times and then this summer and i have not been able to get back on him so oh. now I'm, I'm going in with wide open whatever yeah. i can find
0: yeah and i'll admit like i did i did zero scouting this year um life is just kind of crazy yeah. and yeah. night shift and stuff yeah. like that so i didn't i didn't drive and it's a far enough drive that's kind of inconvenient for me mm-hmm. um but that's also the difference like people that make that extra commitment like yeah get, like so I, that's on me um but i kind of like the idea of going in and not knowing and it's, trying to find and trying to find and, and work your way to the it. surprise could always be there so mm-hmm. um, we're looking forward to it we're fired up tomorrow it starts by the time you're hearing this hopefully we got some shit down hopefully you do as well
1: if not we'll tell you how we messed it up and what not to do
0: absolutely it's all going to be a learning process and and our entire careers are going to be like that so um yeah anything else close nope if uh you do punch a tag and you have any of our like our hats or anything send us that even if you don't send us that stuff send us our your stories your Success, your failures, whatever. Um, again, I know I've been pretty big on creating a or building a community. Like, that shit means a lot to us, and that's who we are, and it's what we're trying to do. Um, but yeah, if you definitely have BTPH hat, if you harvest an animal and
1: hashtag it in the part. Instagrams yeah. or whatever that's yeah. called,
0: if you want us and you're okay with us uh, putting that out on the social medias, we'd like to share your guys' success story okay. too. So, um, other than that, hit it hard and good luck. Good luck. luck to you. Yeah, Stay good luck to this season. So be